Good evening and Happy New Year. And every once in a while, when I'm asking kids about why we go to church on January 1st, they say, uh, because we're starting a new year. Which I always say, no, it's because a week ago we celebrated the great feast of Christmas when God took human flesh and was born among us. And now we have completed eight days of praying. And the church broadens the spotlight, giving attention to Mary while not turning away from our attention to Jesus. That is, we are asked to meditate on why. Why is it important that Jesus should enter into the world through a human mother and into a human family and welcomed into that human family? The scriptures tell us that Mary conceived her child, Jesus, by the Holy Spirit. She had an important role, obviously, to play in the incarnation of Jesus. It is not church teaching that, Jesus, uh, that Mary was simply some sort of sur- a surrogate. She consented by God's invitation conveyed by Gabriel. So powerful was this invitation that Elizabeth proclaims, most blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how does this happen to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Mary's role then as the mother of God places her in a unique position in God's redemptive plan. It seems very clear to us today, as we're kind of used to the teaching, if we know anything about the liturgical year and the theological teachings of the church about Mary. But in the early days of the church, things were messy as our theology took shape under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. When we ask the question, who is Jesus? What is his will for us? What is relationship to the Father and the Holy Spirit and so on? There were so many divergent thoughts and beliefs among Christians that were concerning, even heretical, and eventually it led to the Council of Ephesus in 431. The Council first spoke about Jesus' two natures that we all know about that are inextricably united and connected. That is, he is fully human and fully divine. And then the Church Fathers also granted Mary the title, the Mother of God. This became a crucial part of our understanding of the faith. For at the time, the church was divided bitterly amongst those who claimed that Mary, as a human being, could not have been the mother of God, could she? But only the mother of his humanity. But the council was adamant that Jesus' two natures could not be divided in some sort of artificial way to please our own thoughts. That Jesus, the God-man, was born into the world and Mary was his mother period. The precise title that Mary is given is the mother of God. It goes back even earlier than the Council of Ephesus in the 5th century. It goes back to the 3rd and 4th centuries. In Greek, Mary is called the Theotokos, the God-bearer. And it was a title that the council insisted was important. And at the end of the council proceedings, defining Mary's role A crowd of people marched to the streets of Ephesus shouting, praise be the Theotokos. I'd like to see that in Carmel, Indiana, right? It was something they were that concerned about in our understanding of Mary, something that we take for granted. Theologians also insist that Mary's motherhood of Jesus is an important element of God's creative plan. God first thought in creating what was Jesus. 
Jesus, the incarnate word, is the one who would give God's a perfect love and worship and on behalf of all creation and also give us the example to teach us to do the same. And as Jesus was the first in God's mind, Mary was the second. Insofar as she was chosen for all eternity to be his mother and had introduced us to Jesus beginning in the manger at Bethlehem that we celebrated a week ago today. Maybe another question should come at this feast, and that is, who is the third? If Jesus is the first and Mary is the second, who is the third? And the answer is a communal we. We are the third, which might lead us to make some religious resolutions of our own as we begin the year 2019. That is, God spoke to Mary, and he also speaks to us. Let us be resolved to be open to be open to miracles and to listen to God's messengers as Mary was, wherever and however we find them. Let us be prepared to expect the unexpected and to welcome what God brings us as a gift of grace. Let us also resolve to serve and to do it with haste as Mary, the God-bearer, served her cousin Elizabeth right after the Annunciation. Let us resolve to magnify God with our lives as Mary did with hers. So our souls and our lives and everything we are can beautifully and boldly proclaim the greatness of the Lord. And also let us be resolved to go closer to Mary who succeeded in her mission as the God-bearer. Let us ask for her guidance as we resolve to be God-bearers in our own time, in our own place, in our own day. As Mary did, let us ponder our mission during this sacred liturgy on her feast that flows from our baptismal promises and also as from our reception of the body and blood of Jesus Christ during this sacred liturgy as we honor Jesus' mother and ours.